1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is the great Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how's it going, man? It's going well. Uh,
0: I'm ready to get into what is a lengthy... (laughs) <laughs> lengthy list yeah, of defensive absolutely. ends on this team uh that we're gonna discuss. But yeah, you know, it's 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 because 'cause we're in the OTA's minicamp area area, so we're kind of getting little shots of information here and there. Um and some of it's interesting, some of it's not, some of it's, you know, we, we're gonna over examine, some of it we'll underexamine, sure. but it, it's at least there's some information. We're learning a little bit more about some of these young guys. Uh, but today we're going to talk about uh, kind of a mixture of vets. And, and we talked about these rookies. We'll talk about them a sec. But really it's about uh, some of these second-year guys and veterans in this defensive end position.
1: Eventually we'll do a show on how to take in OTA in minicamp and training camp news and how to, oh how to value that. Because I, I that's, think there's a that's whole, an important thing for a fan. We should
0: do a whole podcast on news consumption and how to consume I, news. I agree. Because I, I really think I, I, that's like a whole thing. Like, like With 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 the way everyone's presenting things with spin and everything, the way to kind of cut through some of the BS and figure out like what's important and what's real, I think that's an important skill
1: nowadays. Yeah, you should just overreact to every bit of news <laughs> as I do. It's, it, it makes for a great Twitter following, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you. Um, Alright, so we're going to be talking about defense events today and Let's let's start w- at, with the position as a whole. Going into the 2019 season, how do you feel about this group in comparison to other years, Landon? Well, I, you know, I think if, if as long as we're talking
0: about looking at the 10,000 foot view and, and, and the, the whole season, I feel great. I mean, this is a great lineup of guys. I think the, there's, you know, if. The potential of, of Randy Gregory, you know, coming back at some point, or maybe not, you know, not missing any time because of what's going on. Uh, I, I think suddenly you've got one of the best defensive end groups, maybe in the league, and yeah. um, and I think that. You know, where where you start to get a little bit concerned is when you start looking at, you know, who's playing defensive in week one. You know, because I mean, (laughs) some of these guys may or may not be some some of these guys may may not be suspended. Some of these guys may or may not be off the pup list yet. Some of some of these guys, you know, may or may well some of these guys are technically already suspended. So, um, I, I think, but I think if you're talking about where the position is. This year versus where it was even last year, um, I think it's it's leaps and bounds ahead of where it was.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think this is one of the deepest defensive end rosters in all the NFL. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best because there's other teams that have a combination of guys I might like a little bit better. But when you're talking about overall depth and versatility, and we're going to talk about that a lot in this show because there are a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about. They're not locked into just one position. They can play kind of up and down the defensive line. But when you're talking about the versatility and the, just the depth, one of the better defensive lines in all football. Um, let's go ahead and start with DeMarcus Lawrence. Obviously the best player on this entire defensive line. Had a shoulder injury, uh, a sh- shoulder surgery this offseason. Uh, got paid by the Cowboys. Are we worried at all, Landon, about some regression heading into 2019 from Tank? I'm not worried about,
0: like... His play slipping off. I, I, you know, the concern with with Tank is you know, how 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 does he recover from the the surgery? You know how does he get back into the swing of things? I mean, the truth of the matter is is that he ended the whole season playing with that with a torn labrum essentially. Yeah, exactly. So yep. I mean, you know, having the surgery to recover from that like. I, I can't imagine that it's going to hold him back too far. He played pretty and it, good. It doesn't he,
1: seem, but he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to like once he got his money, is all
0: of a sudden. Oh no, no, vote, no! Right? I, I certainly don't. I certainly don't think it's anything like that. I, I think no. He's, he's the, he's totally the guy that wants to go out there and work and win. I think he likes being out there with his teammates. I, I totally believe buy into all that stuff. And maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I kind of feel like it's definitely one of those things that, um, you know, he. Uh, likes being around this group. He likes working. He likes winning. I, I think he's not going to get complacent or anything like that. I mean, he, he. I think he enjoys the process too much. And again, agree. as far agree. as his play goes, you know, he's a technique-based player, and, and I think he has mm-hmm. some athleticism and he has the tools to be, uh, uh, you know, what he is. But he wins with technique and, and 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 using that technique with his with his body well. So this to me, that's the kind of player that can keep up a high level of play for a long time.
1: I agree. Um, Now, is he going to be a guy that always gets 16 or 17 sacks? Probably not. He's probably, what, we're maybe expecting, assuming he starts like 15, 14 games, we're looking at double-digit sacks, so probably 10, 12. But he's going to be a monster in the run game. Uh, He's going to demand double teams. Uh, He's just an outstanding player. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to... Likely the Cowboys' Week One starter at right defensive end is Robert Quinn. Uh, we talked about him at length on this show, but let's kind of just re- quickly recap some of our thoughts. That on seems Quinn like so long ago. That's I mean that that feels like it, a it, season like, ago we talked about. It, it. it really does. Yeah. Um,
0: you know, I think we, they brought him in as uh, as insurance to some degree, and in and, and, and some other degrees, I think it's it's just another weapon in this pass rush. I think. Um, whether or not you get Randy Gregory, I think this is a guy who can give you Rand- like what Randy Gregory gave you at least last year, if not more. I mean, this is a guy who isn't that far off from a ten sack season, um, and I, you know, I really think this is a situation he's stepping into where. He's a lot less restricted than he has been previously. He's, you know, he's only really going to be asked to rush the passer. Uh, he's only, only really going to be asked to do what he does best, um, and right. I think that's going to really help kind of reignite his his game, especially on, on that side of it. Um, but I, I, you know, I think at the very least, if you don't get Randy Gregory this year. Uh, you know, hopefully you don't miss him too much because of of Quinn. If you do get Randy Gregory back this year, now now you're really cooking, and, and now you really yeah. have waves of talented pass rushers uh, coming at coming at a, an offense, no matter who's on the field.
1: I saw some people that think Robert Quinn is done or that he is just a shell of himself. Uh, I went back and watched this film from 2018. He's fine. Yeah, like, I, no, I still think he's a a, he, he's an above-average starting defensive end, especially on the right side. I think if you pair him with a guy that can kind of take away or take some double teams, can play the run like it to Marcus Lawrence, uh, that's a fantastic fit. I, I'm really excited to see Robert Quinn in this defense. And... We know how Rod Marinelli wants to play these right defensive ends. They, they, they want to get up the field. He doesn't care so much whether they stop the run because that's what the linebackers are going to do. So Quinn just getting up the field, getting pressure on the quarterback. Real, real quick. A, yeah, I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah,
0: I think, I think that uh, before we move on, the last thing I wanted to add is I think what's really going to help him is that he is not going to be asked to be the guy you know and i think Absolutely, because yes. that's really where he shines is uh, where he has problems he gets up the field really quick that isn't like that isn't something that's He's lost. The issues he's had is getting up the field and then beating the tackle and the chip, which he's been getting a lot. And I feel like when you have Demarcus Lawrence on the other side of you, you're not going to see that chip nearly as much. Right. you know. Right. So, and, and if you are, then suddenly, I mean, in order to do that and block Demarcus Lawrence, now you're committing a, a major amount of, of pass-blocking resources to the two outside guys, and that's how the inside guys are going to eat.
1: All right, moving on to Tyrone Crawford, the Cowboys' third defensive end we're going to talk about today. Uh, really quickly, who who has a better chance of playing in Week 1, Ezekiel Elliott or Tyrone Crawford?
0: Oh, definitely Ezekiel Elliott. Definitely.
1: See, I feel like it's the other way. I really? feel like it's definitely Tyrone Crawford. Uh, dude, yeah, because he doesn't have the same Just go look power, at the right? video, though. Like the, oh, the Tyrone Crawford, like... <laughs> It's like you a know, maniac for Right? A if we know anything about the NFL, it's, it's inconsistent, and it's solely based on your name, right? Ezekiel Elliott's a bigger name than Tyrone Crawford. It, 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 listen, I'm just telling you right now, on May 23rd, I will not be shocked if Tyrone Crawford plays in Week 1 and Ezekiel Elliott does not. It, it just will not shock me at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I feel like it's...
0: I would be shocked if it wasn't the other way around. Okay, I, I would. We'll I guess if I had to rank the scenarios, I would say both of them being out would be more sh- would be <laughs> sure. less shocking to me than if Tyrone Crawford didn't get any time and Zeke did get time. That would be right. that to me. That would
1: be shocking. Okay, so one thing that we always need. This happens every year, so I always feel like we need to have this conversation. A guy getting suspended in week one or two for whatever reason always feels worse than a guy just happening to miss a random game in the season because of an injury, right? We uh, we stress about it more because we have time to talk about it. If Tyrone Crawford misses week one or two, they will be fine. Oh, they yeah. will be fine long term. It's not going to hurt their their season. But um, in the fit of their defense, I really think Tyrone Crawford is the perfect third defensive end for Rod Marinelli, right? Because oh, yeah. you can start him at either defensive end spots. You can play him on first or second down as a you know a really good run stopper there. You can kick him inside to play three technique. He can even play one technique in certain situations. It, this is the importance of finding elite players because it puts... It, we talked about this with Amari Cooper. It just slides everybody down in the correct role and I am I'm, I'm really excited to see Tyrone Crawford as the the third defensive end on this roster. Uh, any thoughts on him heading into the season? Just real quick like I think you know everyone needs to remember
0: that this situation is not like they have defensive end 1, defensive end 2, def- like right defensive end 1, right defensive end 2. Right, right. Like the, those down roster guys have an actual defined role of of being inside outside guys. So, yes. like, I, I think that's why you that they like to have at least one or two of these defensive tackles slash defensive ends that can play that. And Crawford obviously is as good at that role as as anyone we've seen. I mean, I, I think, I think it's hard to those guys don't get a lot of glory because, you know, they, they are spending time at, at both positions, so it's tough to kind of meet, make headway at either, really. But for t- Crawford to come in and, and get, like, six or seven sn- sacks like he does every year, uh, doing that job seemingly every single year, is, is just impressive, and I think he's really good at that, that, that specific role they ask him to do.
1: That, that's a perfect summary of Tyrone Crawford. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next defensive end, uh, a guy that a lot of people have kind of thrown to the side and kind of, I mean, the expectations are so low right now, uh, and that's Taco Charlton. Um, mm-hmm. Lane, I remember during his rookie season when you were at minicamp, and or not, excuse me, when you were at training camp, and you basically said, Taco is at least two years away from being a productive player in the NFL because they are basically tearing down all of his technique uh, because there was really no pass rushing moves there. Um, do you think in year three we could see a dramatically better Taco Charlton? I, I mean, I think this is the year. I mean, you know, I
0: I, I think that I, yeah. When I said two years, I mean, I it's begin again because I think the thing is with him um, is you know he got drafted with his body type, with his athleticism. To me, it read like okay, this is going to be a guy who his best case scenario is to be a long term, you know, 10 year starter uh who's a technician. Um mm-hmm. uh who you know, just learn, has just learned his has got long arms. He isn't incredibly athletic, but he has a way of using his body to get what he needs done and and but he's got to learn all the tools for that because he didn't have any of it. You know, he didn't None, have any no. of those tools. So this whole process is, for, you know was going to have to be him getting all those tools and then becoming that guy, you know, who wins with technique, Uh, you know, that, that was to me, his, his best case scenario. Right. Like, I mean, like that was, I don't know if we're there. I mean, you know, I don't know if the last two seasons have given him enough of, of experience to, Become that guy yet? But we'll find out. I think there were times last year when we saw him play and he was playing well. And then he gets uh-huh. injured. You know, it just it's just always seems like it's something with him. Um, so oh, yeah.
1: now he's got the now he's got the the yeah, foot injury, I mean, he's, his shoulder injury. So it's it's just a couple <sighs> of nagging things now to prevent him from being there at OTA. And now he's got all these other all
0: these other people in front of him because, frankly, the the the, the league waits for nobody, and so. It's nope. it's like, you know, is he even going to get the snaps that he needs to get better? Uh, you know, it's it's it's. I don't think that they've given up on Taco Charlton, and they shouldn't. I mean, he's a first round pick, and I think he has talent. Again, uh, I just wonder if he will get there in, in a t- in a time that the Cowboys, you know, in time for Cowboys not to have to cut him. You know, and and Mm -hmm. so I, 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 yes, very much. This is a make or break season because if he hasn't gotten that level of development yet that that he needs in order to kind of take the next step, I don't know how you know with the way the depth is on this team, I don't know how much longer he can continue to be dragged along.
1: I'm interested to see what he looks like in training camp. He's somebody that's going to have to have a big uh, preseason in order to keep a roster spot. because of some of the guys that we're going to talk about now, and I want to talk about the, the veterans before we get to the rookies, um, let's go ahead and talk about Dorrance Armstrong. Uh, last year was a fourth-round pick by the Cowboys. He had some moments in preseason, uh, didn't play a ton during the regular season, but you did see enough to to think that he could maybe make this team once again as a you know as a DN3 or DN4. So kind of between Armstrong and Taco, which one do you feel more comfortable like saying that they're going to make the roster uh, this year? I've seen
0: more promise from Armstrong, um, just in t- you know, especially at training camp, you know. But which doesn't, you know, mean anything yet. But I'm saying, as far as two unproven guys that I've seen, right? Taco has done a little bit more because he's. I think he's had more opportunity in the games. Um, but I think that Armstrong is a guy that you know is one is a year behind Taco. Is, I think he's going to really show out this, this training camp. Um, just because he, you know, he came on really strong and and he's still very young too. That's the other thing too. So I, I I think he's going to be the guy that I'm, I, of all these defensive ends, you know, I, I feel like we know what we've gotten Quinn, uh, you know taco it's is going to be eyes on him anyways because of you know who he is and and this is his third year and all that stuff uh the two rookie guys i mean they're kind of down roster guys i mean i think they're going to find try to find roles for those guys but they may not be for the team the guy that i'm really really interested in is armstrong because he came on very quickly uh and then i think hit a wall uh at a certain point but i think a year in the training room uh, a year honing his craft. I, I think this is a guy who could come in here and, again, surprise people with his play uh, and then hopefully take that uh, and translate it to the, the regular season a little bit better than he did his rookie year.
1: You know the other thing that I kind of forget with these two defensive linemen, and I think it's important, um, Armstrong is Three and a half years younger than Taco Charlton. Yeah, uh, so, I mean he's so really young. Even... Like he was like like oh, twenty, yeah.
0: right? When he when he came out, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, and, he, and, he
1: he was really young. And, and you,
0: know, you and I talk all the time, and this isn't just our theory. This is one that we buy into the idea of players who produce at a young level in college mm-hmm. against guys who were, you know, three and four years older than him. And, and Armstrong was that guy. I mean, he was at Kansas when there was basically no one else. I mean, Daniel Wise was there too, but Daniel Wise was even younger than he was. And and I think Armstrong was able to produce at a, at a pretty good level. Uh, you know, in Big 12, of course. But, I mean, I you know, I think he – a Power Five conference, sure. Yeah, and, and, and I think yeah. – but, I yeah, he was able to produce at a high level at a young age. Uh, And then come in here at 20, 21 years old in training camp and basically, you know. uh kind of you know, work, work way at a, at a high level way higher than any of us expected for a fourth rounder coming in. So uh, outperforming our pr- you know previous season's first round pick uh, all at every turn in, in, in training camp. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we get from him next year.
1: Yeah, a couple of age things really quickly. Talk, or, uh, Taco will be 25 early in the season. Dorrance Armstrong just 21. So if it's close, give me the guy that's four years younger. Uh, and just kind of speaking about Armstrong at college – uh, Armstrong was an 18-year-old when he uh, accumulated 20 tackles for loss and 10 sacks as a sophomore in the Big 10, or Big 12, excuse me. Uh, those are some elite, elite numbers. We don't see 20 tackles for a loss in a season very often in college football. Um, so I- I'm excited to see what he looks like in year two. It, it won't shock me if we get to camp and I get a, a message from you, Landon, and you just tell me that Armstrong looks dramatically better than Taco Charlton. That will not shock me at all. Um, let's go ahead and talk about one more veteran. The Cowboys this offseason signed uh, defensive lineman Kerry Hyder, who didn't look great in 2018. He was kind of coming off an Achilles injury, played some defensive tackle for Detroit. But in 2017, you know, this was a guy that could really rush the passer at defensive end. Uh, what are the expectations heading for Hyder heading into the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you have a lot of high hopes.
0: We love the signing when when he first came in. You know, I think that he was not just taking a couple of snaps at defensive tackle. I mean, he was taking the vast majority of his snaps at defensive tackle at, 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 at the last year at Detroit. I I kind of feel like he was a guy that. You know, had shown a lot of things for that organization previously, and when Patricia came in, uh, just didn't know what to do with him. You know, he's just because he doesn't wasn't really a great fit. I think because he was a tough guy and he was strong, he he thought putting him at nose tackle might make him disruptive and 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 that might help. But I mean, I think ultimately, yeah, he is a tough guy, but he got beat up because he's undersized to be playing yeah. nose tackle at what two hundred seventy pounds or something like yeah, that. Something that's absurd. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So. Um, you know, look, this is a guy who was a very tough evaluation. I liked him coming out of college, but I, I liked him as a defensive tackle solely because, uh, you know, he was a guy that you know, if you look at his body and then you just kind of briefly watch his snaps, you you think, okay, this is an undersized defensive tackle. But I think that as we as we all got to know the player a little more, and as he got into the NFL and, and actually played outside some, I think that's where he had his most success. He, he ended up with eight sacks, like. What was it, two or three years ago. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that Detroit has kind of suffered by moving him around a little bit because they don't really know what to do with him. But you know, it's, it's one of those things where, like, okay, we got eight sacks out of this guy. Uh, but, you know, why? what, how, what are we going to do with them? Because I don't really know if he fits our defense. So I think now he's finally in a spot where – He's with a coaching staff that knows what to do with someone with his body style. You know, this is a guy mm-hmm. that's a familiar type of player with Marinelli. He he knows, hey, I don't really care if you're 270, 250. If you get off the ball like that, you're going on the outside and you're rushing the passer.
1: Yeah, to me, Hyder seems like somebody who, if he has a good camp, I could actually see getting traded rather than making the roster because his contract is so short. It's a one year deal and he has like. Uh, it's a seven uh, seven hundred thousand dollars. Is always making this year. So if a team has problems at defensive end, they want a veteran in there. It wouldn't shock me if a team trades a sixth or seventh round pick for Hyder, who the Cowboys might release anyways. Um, mm. I, I think for them, Hyder was just an insurance, uh, and it was kind of a gamble pick. Hey, if if we don't get guys in the draft, or if Crawford or Lawrence aren't available in week one, we feel pretty good that we can put this guy out here and he's going to produce. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how. Hider produces uh, during training camp and into the preseason. Um, one more veteran I want to talk about before we get to the rookies, and that's Randy Gregory, who was suspended by the league, I think it was back in February or March. Um, I can say that I've heard from a couple different people that uh, Gregory is doing well, that the plan is still to play in 2019. Uh, they're not sure if exactly if it'll be week one or not but he is on track to to return to the NFL this year this year excuse me and with the NFL looking like they're maybe softening their stance on marijuana a little bit um, it would not be a shock to me if we see Randy Gregory back sooner rather than later so let Lynn and if that is the case how does he factor into this defense that already has Demarcus Lawrence, Robert Quinn, Tyrone Crawford, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera?
0: Real quick, let's just talk about the circumstances. What's happening now is that they just re- released a, a policy, an agreement with the NFLPA, to kind of soften their stance a little bit on mental health issues and on alternate treatments for pain painkillers. Essentially, it never said marijuana in any of the releases, but all of this basically was a huge setup to allow players i think to use marijuana as a alternate painkiller what they're trying to frame this as is we're trying to get people off of the uh uh off of the opioids and off of the the, those kind of painkillers and 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 i think that they're starting to take steps like that i don't think personally it was a coincidence that chris long the day after he retired uh, came out and gave that whole interview about how he smoked ri- marijuana regularly, and that it was mm-hmm. and it's pretty common that most people know how to avoid the the blah 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 blah, blah uh, and how to get around sure. it and all that stuff. I, I think to me it, this is you know, when you think about Chris Long and his role as where he is as a football player in the NFL, I think he's a guy who's a son of a player, a famous player. He's well known. He's 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 well liked throughout the league. Someone like Chris Long who's clean cut and you know and let's face it, it's just gonna make it a little bit more palatable for the rest of white america to accept the fact that these guys smoke smoke weed i think it's just going to make the whole situation kind of grease the wheels a little bit better so what does that mean for randy gregory it means that you know if he comes back sooner than later which is kind of what we've been hopefully whispering for a long time, you know, amongst ourselves, uh, that suddenly now you've got Quinn and Randy Gregory uh, as right defensive end candidates, and it's a great problem to have, right? It's you, you just you you find a way to rotate them in. Um, I, I you know I feel like they're probably at this point similar players, um, just like as far as their talent levels. Uh, I, I just think that. You know, you work it out. You figure out what you're going to get. Hopefully, you're going to get some kind of indication in training camp exactly, um, uh, you know, when, when what exactly his his deal is when he gets back. Um, and and that will kind of help inform your decision when it's cut down time. But I, I think you, you certainly don't worry about it if you get both of those guys. If you get Randy Gregory back, it's like the best news. And oh no, we, we have to cut a good player because we got too many good players. I, 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 I will worry right. about that when we get there. I, I I just I think what will likely happen is that you just have a an extremely talented rotation of defensive ends at, at left and right side, and you just rotate them and and play with waves of, of of speed on the outside.
1: Could we get I you know how much I would love to see a, a defensive line of Robert Quinn and Randy Gregory as defensive ends and like Tyrone Crawford and Demarcus Lawrence's defensive tackles. You know how much fun that would be? I, I it would well, be, whether the, or not be a NASCAR the list,
0: package, yeah, where well you kick in oh Crawford gosh. inside and yeah, I mean or kick in like Demarcus Lawrence inside and then have Quinn and and Gregory. Yeah, I mean yeah, and stunting too. Can you like? Can you imagine them like stunting? Yeah, is we'll, like, oh my gosh. We'll, we'll see
1: if it happens. Yeah,
0: it'll be it'll be crazy. Uh, all
1: right, let's go ahead and talk about the two rookies. We've talked about them a lot on the show. Uh, Joe Jackson, what are you expecting from him this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we, we kind of talked about it before, but I think he's he's one of those guys who. Uh, is going to be one of those kind of Crawford type inside outside role players. Uh, I think they like him playing both spots. I think they definitely um, like him as a defensive end, um, which is uh, which is great. I, I, I think that he could play there and play inside. I think he's, he's so big, like he's just a large human being, uh, right. that it's going to allow for him to kind of hold up and, and take. Uh, you know, I think he could be good for goal line, you know, s- snaps that sort of thing. I mean, he he could. I think he'll give you something versus the run right away. But this is a guy who produced at a high level in college. Uh, he kind of has a weird body type, but I, you know, I think you take a chance on guys like that who are big-time hustlers, especially this team does, and see, you know, is I mean, maybe he's kind of a, a carry hider type, right, where he's just like, yeah, he's got a body type we don't know what to do with, but, uh, you know, he's doing stuff on the field on tape, so, and maybe, you know, he produces uh, a surprising amount and, and provides a, a little boost at the back end of your roster as a, kind of an inside-outside guy.
1: Yeah, I really think Joe Jackson's gonna be a really good run stopper from from you know day one. I we saw that at Miami. I mean he just he, he likes to play a little bit of like a bully football with the the tackle. So I expect him to to contribute right away in the run game. And finally we'll wrap up the show with the Cowboys seventh round pick, Jalen Jelks from uh, Oregon. We kinda of talked about him him in the show as potentially a guy to play, strong side linebacker. We think the Cowboys will start him out at defensive end. Uh, a really good body, long arms. Um, he not overly athletic or twitched up, but you know he projects as somebody who maybe you know sticks on the practice squad for a while, learns some special teams roles, uh, and then maybe. 2020, 2021 makes the active roster. But just kind of thoughts on Jalen jokes uh, as we head into the offseason.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, just another kind of versatile piece. A guy could be, uh, I think he could maybe even play some linebacker for you if you need him to, but I just, just a down roster guy that can fit a whole bunch of different roles, play special teams, do all those things,
1: uh,
0: and then maybe provide something for you as a defensive end as well.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see those two rookies. I, I expect both those guys to get a lot of snaps in the preseason. Joe Jackson, I feel like, is a guy that uh, I've always struggled with that type of defensive end. You know, the guys that are really long and powerful but don't have the athleticism. I've missed on those guys a hundred times, uh, but I'm interested to see what Joe Jackson does this year for the Cowboys.
0: Me too. I miss um, on those guys all the time as well.
1: They're just so hard to project because uh, we like to see the guys that bend the corner and bed the edge, but. Uh, they don't do that, and they win in other ways. So it will be interesting to see what the, what Jackson does in his rookie year. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And, of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time.